In a time when evildoers parade their agenda before the world without shame, in a world where absolutes are being challenged and changed, in a society where truth is relative, welcome to a podcast that will edify, encourage, and empower you. A podcast that will speak God's truth in love. I'm your host, Myron Powell. Thank you for subscribing and listening to Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. Thank you so much for listening, watching, and subscribing. Today our topic is Jesus is coming, and we're going to talk about some of the things that's out of the chapter one of, of my book here. But before we do that, I just want to say um, I'm so glad again to have uh, Pastor Jeremy. He's our teaching pastor here at the Church of Omaha. He's with us in the studio today, which is, happens to be my study, <laughs> but uh, so happy that he's here. And, you know, I just I just want to give a little shout out, you know, Jeremy, um, uh, I, I often talk behind your back, how, how much I appreciate you. But I, I just want to say to our listeners, uh, one of the things that, that I'm encouraged in and, and I'm even impressed by is, is your passion for the Word, to dig in, to, to make sure that we are doing exactly what this podcast says, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. Um, you know, and in our last podcast, we talked about uh, your testimony and, and mine, and the one thing I appreciate about that is um, how easy would it be to become arrogant and say, well, I've been post-trib or pre-trib all my life or whatever. I'm not changing. And, right. you know, but yet how foolish would that be if right. God is opening a vein or a door to understand deeper in the scripture? The Bible does say the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. I want him to do that. And so, um, you know, today we're talking about Jesus is coming. And I just wanted to throw that out there and, and let our audience know that, uh, you're, you're not just a, you know another person, but you truly are a man of God who studies the Word. But kind of kind of talk to us as we open up here today about how much that there is in Scripture uh, about His coming, and and I know you've got some things to share. So <laughs> yeah, so let, let me you know you kind of sparked something um, when you're opening there, and thank you by the way. Yes, sir. Um, I, I've often when I've witnessed to people who come from different backgrounds who maybe. Um, had some exposure, if you will, to church or some exposure to the Bible, but was missing key parts of the truth. There's this tendency within our human flesh to say, well, you're wrong. I'm right. You know, you better change or you're going to go to hell. Sadly, I've heard people say that kind of thing. Yep, exactly. But but the truth is, is that God loves me and them so much that he he wants us to change, that he wants us to to become more like him. And so I always try to tell people that if I present something to you that maybe goes contrary to what you're thinking or what you've learned, instead of immediately taking it as an assault to your character, mm-hmm. think, is this God reaching you where you are to change you, to make you more perfect? I think of the story of Asilla, uh, Priscilla and Aquila, you know, telling the preacher, man, you did a great job preaching. But let us show you the way more excellent, the exactly. way more perfect. And that's what we're trying to do here is we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're not trying to, to bash anyone else or to come down on anyone else. We simply want you to know that God loves you so much that he wants you to continue to grow, to yes. continue to evolve in your walk with him. So if I can, I'm going to pull out a couple excerpts from the book here um, and kind of expound on them a little bit. It says that the second coming of Jesus Christ is so prevalent that all but three books of the New Testament write about it. The three that do not speak of Jesus' return are Philemon, 2 John, and 3 John. Now, it's worth noting that the writer of 2 John and 3 John 
is also the guy who wrote the book of Revelation. So it was obviously extremely important to him. Right. He just happened to not mention in these two very, very short books. Right. Um, but 1 Corinthians chapter 2, 6 through, I'm not going to read them, but 6 through about 11, tell us that the Jews who were crucifying Christ did not know that Jesus was the king of glory. And wow. it actually uses that term in the verse there, that if they would have known that he was right. the king of glory, right. they would not have crucified him. Right. Now, I find that so amazing. Yeah. And... and to use an older word here, befuddling, Be, because <laughs> yeah, yeah. the Old Testament has so many prophecies. Right. I mean, so many prophecies about the first coming of Christ. Yes. Yeah. And yet we find only a small handful of people mm. knew when Jesus showed up on the right. scene. Right. I think about um, specifically, we were talking about this a little earlier before we started uh, videoing these. I think about the story of the, the wise men. Yes. How many ever of them there ended up being? Two, three, six, it doesn't matter. But the wise men who brought the gifts to Jesus, how they had spent their entire lives researching and looking at these signs, waiting to see the birth of this promised king. Mm -hmm. Now, we know the story. They came to Herod. Herod wanted to find out who this was because he thought it might have been a threat to him. They go on. They see this baby, and they present these gifts to the baby, and they recognize, wow, this really is a king like no other. Mm -hmm. And that's really the end of their story that we hear about. They yeah. go on a different way so that Herod doesn't hear from them again. Right. But we don't know anything else beyond that about the wise men. Now, in my mind, I like to think that they went back to their home, started studying God's word, started living for God, doing sure. all the things they needed to do. But sure. we don't know that. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Mm -hmm. How sad would it have been if we read that the rest of their story was, they spent their whole lives waiting for the king, they saw the king, mm. and then went about their lives, never thinking about him again. Wow. Wow. So my hope is, as we look through these, let us not just watch for his coming, but let us live for his second coming. Yes. Let us live our lives in such a way that as we read through these prophecies, we are molding our lives to be ready right. for that second right. coming. Right, right. On page two here in your book, if you, uh, if you have the book, if you don't, I recommend you get it. It says this, says the church, which is God's elect, needs to remember that our citizenship is in heaven and look forward to the time when we will be transformed completely. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons that so many people are afraid to read in the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel is because they, they see these imagery, this imagery being used here and they, they hear about death and war and all of these things and, and people somewhat naturally become afraid. Mm. They become afraid. But the truth is, is that death for the Christian, death mm. for the born again, sanctified yep. believer yep. is not an ending point. It's merely a transitioning point. Wow. Death in this mortal flesh is simply the beginning of our reward for all of our life's work. Yeah. So I want to encourage you as, as you begin to read this on your own and you see this imagery, don't be afraid. I find it interesting that all of the angels that showed up to people, the first thing they had to tell the people is, fear not. Yeah. Fear yeah. not. Fear it's not. something they said over and over <laughs> yeah. and over again. God doesn't want you to be afraid right. of a Amen. second coming. He Amen. wants you to be happy and looking forward to it. Amen. You know, and, and as you brought that up, of course, um, I think understanding, obviously, the end times is vital and, and, and very uh, needed to understand correctly and accurately, but also to be ready when he comes. And, and it, it's, it's living in his truth. It's obviously being born again in that truth. Um, and it's, it's what I call salvation's ongoing 
process. It's not just being justified. That's where I'm free from the penalty of sin. That's, of course, the new birth, baptism, Holy Ghost, all of that. But it is also me walking in the sanctification process, you know, um, growing in Christ, becoming more like him, all of that, and being ready for his coming. How many scriptures, Jeremy, indicate, you know, uh, look forward to and eagerly await and hasten the coming of the Lord? All of those are indicating that it's something I'm doing. Yes, it's living holy, but it's more than that. Yes, it's coming to church, but it's more than that. It's, you know, it's, it's all of those things. And of course, preparing ourselves for his coming. You know, you mentioned all of those uh, books of uh, the New Testament uh, that, that refer to it. Uh, and then you mentioned how that comparing the, the wise men, um, everything I have found and, and studied, there's 386 explicit prophecies of Jesus's first coming. I think it's about 430 if you add in the implicit prophecies. Well, looking at that, they say that the second coming prophecies are eight times more. So about 3,200 second coming prophecies, both including Old and New Testaments. Well, we know, unfortunately, there were Jews that missed the first coming, who saw Jesus face to face, who were this close, and yet missed it. God help us with eight times more prophecies, not to miss it. So it's not just about getting saved. Right. It's staying saved. Right. You know, and and I think a part of that is diligently adding to our faith. You know? It's it's making sure I'm I'm grace is flowing and I'm adding and all of this. So I'm sure you got more to share, but but you know, talk to us for a minute about the importance of of, of that, of grace and of adding to our faith. We've heard it said that we all have a testimony. Yes. We all have a testimony. And it's important for us to remember our testimonies because it reminds us of God's grace, where it's brought us from. It's easy to look on this video and see the two of us sitting here with our nice jackets talking about the Bible. And it's easy to make assumptions that, man, they must have not gone through anything hard in their lives or, or they haven't made many mistakes in their lives. And you would be wrong. You would be very wrong. Um, we've all had our struggles. We've all fallen. We've all made mistakes. But that's the beauty of God's grace. God's grace is simply it's room for us to grow. Because we still live in the presence of sin, God's salvation brings us from the power of sin. Right. But unfortunately, as long as we live in this human body, we have the presence of sin. Paul talks about this all the time. That which I would do, I, I do not. And that which I would not do, that I do. But it's no longer me, mm-hmm. but the sin in me. Yeah. Right? But God's grace is saying that I'm still reaching for you. I know you're not perfect, mm-hmm. but I am perfect. Yeah. And the key is, is not that we are trying to do this with no mistakes, but that we are trying to be better every day, every time that we get up. We, the Bible says that a just man falls seven times. And rises up again. And rises up again. Mm-hmm. So what makes you just is not that you never fall. It's that when you fall, because you will, yes. is that you don't quit. Amen. That you get back right, up right. and you keep working toward it. Right. You know, uh, 
as as you well aware, we could keep going right. and going <laughs> and going. And uh, we were joking before starting these videos today that um, we sometimes have to have a script because we can easily go off script. And, and I think part of that is our passion for God, our passion for this subject, and, and how it ties into all the other subjects. Mm-hmm. You know, something I've noticed, uh, Pastor Jeremy, is that, you know, you can find uh, around all the, uh, the end times passages, there's holiness, there's, there's salvation, there's righteous living, fruit of the Spirit. They're all interconnected, the oneness of God, you know, the, the mighty God of Christ. It's not like they're all these separate, oh, this is over here, this is over here, this is over here. No, they're all linked. Right. inseparably. And I, I think that's so important. Um, by the way, to all of our listeners, just so you know, uh, you can get the book uh, in paperback or uh, ebook version on Amazon. Uh, just look up my name, Myron Powell, or of course the title. Uh, it's also on lulu.com, L-U-L-U.com. You can get it there as well. Um, and uh, we'll try to put a link here at the bottom of the um, video when we post it. But as we wrap this one up and, and bring it to a close, in our next podcast, we're gonna we're still gonna be talking about the same subject. We're gonna kind of veer away from the book for just a little bit. And there's a couple questions that we want to ask and answer in that podcast. And that are these are the questions: When is the rapture, and does it even matter? And uh, then, of course, the next question, the logical question would be, what is the Great Tribulation? And so we're going to kind of uh, talk about that in our next podcast. Uh, it'll be related to the book, but we're going to go off of the script of that for just a minute and uh, and answer some of these questions as it relates to this timely subject. In the meantime, you know, uh, encourage you to, to uh, uh, ask your questions. Uh, rightly dividing wot at gmail.com again that's rightly dividing wot at gmail.com you can email those questions ask them we'll get back to you uh, as soonly as soon as soonly as soon as we can and uh, let you know any answers but we certainly are are glad that you're watching and listening and again thank jeremy thank you for coming on today and all of our listeners thank you until next time god bless you in jesus name